You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. It's raining, it's pouring, the old man is boring. Do you like that? I did. It's, uh, it's very rainy today. It is? It's not just rainy today, it was rainy yesterday, and it's rainy tomorrow. And when it really rains very hard... In... You, are you saying when it rains, it pours? Yes. When it rains in Missouri very hard, we always get water in our house. And um, we're not the only ones. I'm sure there are many people on this street with water in the house. And uh, if you ever get water in your house, it's a lot of fun sucking it all up. And I told you, this week, it doesn't really bother me. <laughs> I can face it down. Should I tell them what's happened in the last week? Actually, yeah. two days ago? Three days ago, my father passed away. And I was there, and now we're doing all the stuff, and I might sound chipper, but we've got a very interesting family. We deal with things in a very different way, you know? We kind of go in big waves. True. Fall apart, do the shit, fall apart, do some shit, go back to normalcy, do some more shit, face it all, deal with it all, and so we're kind of doing it in waves. We all live kind of far apart from each other, so we keep... so. Do you want to dedicate this podcast to your father? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you my father was rough around the edges. He was kind of one of those old son-of-a-bitch guys. I mean, he was rough. Rough. And I only recently developed any sort of relationship with him, and it was good. That was a good thing. But his view of movies was this. And I'll tell you in his own words. I wouldn't watch any of those goddamn giggly things. That's a comedy. Right. I ain't gonna watch nothing about no goddamn space aliens. There's your science fiction. Right. I'm not gonna sit here and go boo-hoo-hoo. That's your drama, right? Yeah. So what would he watch? Ah, I don't mind a good John Wayne. Westerns. (laughs) Yes. And not even them. I said, just the other night, and the night he passed away, a few hours before we had a conversation, he said, put on a movie. Watch something. Because he was pretty mobile still, but he was very ill. He had cancer, so... This wasn't totally unexpected. He said, put on a movie. I know you like movies. I said, do you want to know how many movies I've seen? I've probably seen 6,000, 7,000 movies in television. And he's like, well. More than that, I would say. I said, (laughs) it's a lot of time in my life. So I said, I'm pretty open to whatever. But I said, what I'm going to do is put on an alien movie. And I'm going to take the remote control away. And you're going to be stuck with it. Oh, hell no. That'll get me to go to bed. Right away, so we're flipping around, and just nothing. Nothing. And he has satellite. Well, you were looking for actual alien on TV. No, any movies. Any movies. Um, And he'd flipping through and looking, and he saw the word Fargo, and he's like, isn't that one about that pregnant cop lady? That's one of them. That means he's watched that before, then. Or knows about it. Who knows? I don't know how people know shit. Like, he's just a 77-year-old man, hates movies, but he knew what Fargo was. And we just kind of flipped around. Eventually, we settled on, I believe it was The Virginian. Which is an old TV show from the 70s, 60s and 70s, a Western. Even. That's not a movie. No, it's fine with me. I like those <laughs> too. But, um, so that is what's been happening. But, you know, you have to get, you have to mix normalcy with the sad things. Normality. Normality? What's wrong with normalcy? I don't, don't know that is a word. Do not make me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think normality is the word. <laughs> it's usually you doing that to me. Normalcy. So you have to mix it together. And, that's kind of how we are. We're not very contained as a family. We sort of just, you know, do whatever. We don't do things traditionally at all. 
My father wanted no funeral, no obituary. Well, t- tell them, them what you actually wanted to do, but you said I said to you, <laughs> well, you want to do that, and you said, no, it's probably illegal. What he wanted to do? Yeah. Oh, what he wanted to do, well, was... To- <laughs> <laughs> he wanted no. He just wanted to disappear. He said. Now you can make Another. what you. You have to know him to understand. But he just wanted to be done. Nobody's looking at him. Nobody's reading about him. Nothing. Which isn't going to be a hundred percent. We're going to work around that rule. We're going to respect it. But we're very rebellious as a family. We've got three siblings, so we're going to work around that. We're having a party instead of a funeral, and I'm writing a traditional obituary, but giving it just to family and friends. It's not going to go in the newspaper or anything. I'm going to write a poem. A funny, sort of rough around the edges. And as far as his ashes, he said, I don't give a good goddamn what you do with me. I don't care. You flush me down the toilet, but don't bury me. Whatever you do, don't bury me. And here's my mother over here. They're they're divorced. Been divorced for several years. More than she's seven. Still, she's still alive. 15 or 16 years. Yeah. Um, She's still alive. But her thing is, when I'm cremated, I'm going to go in a thing, and in a box, and in a thing, and you're going to bury me. So they're very opposite. But... Don't bury me. So the, not this past time, but a few weeks ago when I was there, he said, well, I thought maybe you just put me in one of them big red balloons and float me up and let everybody just stand and shoot me down. And like just the blow funeral all over party. Everybody. Yeah, just shoot it. <laughs> and then it just blow all over everybody. Now, that might be horribly morbid to a lot of people, <laughs> but that is why I think our family has a different, we're not very, I don't know. So... It makes it really good to deal with things because we all understand it's horrible, it's sad, and the world keeps spinning around us. It doesn't stop because you're having a terribly sad thing. You have never lost a parent. I have not. I have. So I've experienced it. Now you've experienced it. I have. In a different, very different way. Your mother was very young and you loved her very much. I didn't, had a very tenuous, is that a word, relationship with my father most of my life. And so until the last few years... Really, the last five, just nothing. And then I thought, well, might as well do something now. He's not going to do it, so we'll just... And I learned a lot. And what I mostly learned is that I'm very much like him. So, that's probably why we butted heads a lot. So, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm cool with it all. It's all nicely balanced. I'm satisfied I was there at the end, and that was... It all worked. It's probably terribly depressing for people, but you also have to know... My advice, I'll skip straight to my advice, which is confront uh, uh, it. Okay, we're going now. I'm skipping yeah. <laughs> it. I'm just going to do it. Well, since we're here, might as well do it. And I'll make it quick. Just confront it. That's it. Whatever it is in life, good, bad, whatever, confront it. Feel it. Dig, get down in the mud and the muck of the bottom of the worst of the worst and just fucking deal with it. Then crawl your way back out and take a little bit of that mud with you. A little bit of that pain and suffering and shit. Bring it back up with you. So then the next time something sucks you down, you've got a little, you can like build like an armor or a shield, but not like, don't get hardened, just get ready. And it, it really is true. So just confront it. Don't run away. Don't, don't be afraid to be upset and fall apart. And then also be afa- able to laugh at shit because, you know, my dad was a funny guy. He had the two personality thing. He was a jerk behind the doors you know, closed doors, and he was, I've had people say to me, and I'm not exaggerating, the words, he was a legend. He's a legendary man around here. He's one of my favorites. He's Mr. Storyteller. He is from a small town. So, you know, he was a big man in a small pond. 
And he will be very missed amongst the people. I mean, I had a guy at a little store. I walked in and I said, did you hear about my dad? And the guy got tears in his eyes. And he was about 30 years old. Pretty rough himself. He's like, oh, man, this is hitting me like a freight train. I didn't know Tommy was that bad. And he got all shaky, you know, because he used to go and play pitch every day and bullshit about politics. Smoke his cigar. Then he'd go to the coffee shop and give her some shit. And she loved him. She thought he was great. You know, so it's one of those... Mixing the good with the bad. All right, so dedicate this to him. <laughs> Which you would think is just stupid, so it's fine. <laughs> Which is fine. It's hilarious, yeah. And uh, there you go. Rest in peace. <laughs> it was peaceful. Yes. He was never at peace, so let's hope, <laughs> you know, this kind of tied a ribbon on it all. All right. So after that sad news, it is <laughs> yeah. Saturday, April the 29th. After the show number 477, we're a movie review podcast. We're going to be reviewing a movie very shortly. The movie this week is The Founder. It's a 2016 movie. It's released on Blu-ray on April the 18th, so you can pick this up now. It's rated PG-13. And it's from our friends at Anchor Bay and the Weinstein Company. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of The Founder. Well, it's just essentially about the beginning of McDonald's. What's McDonald's? (laughs) If anyone listening to this doesn't know what McDonald's is about or what it is, then uh, they didn't do a very good job. It's about the guy who kind of commandeered the McDonald's from the actual dudes who started it. And this is like that corner of it, like that side of the story. Well, it's both sides. I, I felt it was balanced, but that's what it is, really. That's all it is. There's nothing deep about it. It's just... Let's tell the story of how McDonald's really started. Yeah. Biopic type. And let's make scenario. everybody really hungry. Even vegetarians like Made us me feel sitting there going, holy the shit, look at that hamburger. I just kept looking at the buns. <laughs> I, know. I don't want the meat. And the french fries. I was like, yeah. And I when they put the, the ketchup and the mustard uh, and all that. I, was I love like, oh. the sound of french fries cooking. The only thing I, um, when I was a meat eater um, years and years and years ago, the thing I always hated about McDonald's was they put those pickles on. I used to have to flick them off. And they, and if you tell them not to put them on, they were still on there for some reason. It's like they couldn't... I love the pickles and the onion. And it's like they couldn't comprehend. They do have a veggie burger, though. Not at every franchise, but... Yeah. So that's what it is. It's a big so, advertisement for McDonald's. But, but it pulls no punches. It, it is the story. So um, a few years back, not a few years back, 20 years back, this the guy Ray Kroc, who was the founder of McDonald's, questionably. <laughs> <laughs> well, he there's is. the two things. There's yeah. the guys who made up the system that made McDonald's, McDonald's. work. The, their actual name yeah. was McDonald's. <laughs> they invented the speedy system where the food was produced in a quick way where people could get their food and you... The system, the idea of the multi-making the burgers at once and the squirter of the ketchup and all that shit. They invented all that. They designed it all. He's the man who came in and basically turned it into a virus that spread all over the world. Yeah, he turned it into a franchise model. And so, arguably, he is the founder of that. Yep. Just like I said, every time I get on an airplane, I don't see signs and everything saying, thank you, Orville and Wilbur Wright. No. Just because they invented it or were part of inventing the airplane, right? You don't get called back to them every time, so... I'm not arguing that he should have done, shouldn't have. I would say he shouldn't have done it the way he did. However, yeah, there it doesn't say separate. Bill Gates on every PC. Correct. Or Steve Jobs. You know, like they don't. And one could say he doesn't 
Bill Gates doesn't come off as the person who wants to make sure everyone knows he did invent it. It's He's a very... Yeah. Like, removes himself from it more. This guy wants to be the guy. You know, that at least the way it's portrayed in this. And I think, from the videos I have seen, and we saw a little clip at the end of the movie, this guy was like a razzle-dazzle yeah, salesman, salesman Yeah, he was a salesman. Yeah, totally. So, let me... Uh, well, I enjoyed this movie, overall. Um, I have a few complaints about it. Um... Go for it. My, I'll start with the complaints, but I did enjoy it overall. It's a really good story that I didn't know. I actually didn't know this story, and uh, I want to say also, a lot of these kind of movies, biopic type things, are inaccurate and not very factual. And I just went and looked, did a bit of research on this movie, and it's one of the most factual um, versions of a story because it just follows the book. From the sources from of the information. From the guy Croc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have to take it all from the Croc guy's work. Correct. But um, all the legal things in the movie and the things that were signed, it's all true. It all happened. So it's not like some bullshit Hollywood make it more exciting than it actually was version. It's actually pretty good in that way. Now, the complaint I had um, about it is it feels like a TV movie. Of the week kind of deal. A little bit. Like a Hallmark movie or something. And it's not because it has a low budget, because it doesn't. They build the restaurants in this and everything. It just has that feel. It's got a very basic script. It's not complicated or none of the dialogue is like we just watched Fargo, the TV show. Right? There's nothing clever. Dialogue or between people feels interesting and rich. Yeah. None of this does. It just feels like they're trying to... Functional. ...basically tell you this story. Which is fair, easiest. I think. And that's what you, makes it feel like that whole... But if you flower kind of, it up, then you're going in the territory of, well, no one else was there for that conversation. And also, that could be the way these people communicate. Well, for instance, here's, here's another movie with a similar premise, a very similar premise, come to think of it. The Social Network by David Fincher. Uh, think about that. Two brothers and another guy... Trying yeah. to say that he's yep. the founder of it, and that they're, they're actually, it's the same story actually, um, but that's by David Fincher. And when he when that was announced, we're making a Facebook movie. I was like, oh god, how boring would a Facebook movie be? <laughs> like, if they made the Facebook movie like the founder, I don't think it would have been that interesting. True. David it, Fincher brought something to style the that isn't in this movie. There is no style. It feels like a straight up TV movie. It really, that was what kept coming to me. Yeah. This feels like something I'm watching on Disney Channel uh, on Sunday Lifetime. afternoon. Lifetime. Lifetime, not Disney. Something like that on, you know, very um, basic. It feels very basic. Yes, it tells the story, and the story is an interesting one, but it never delves too deep. Like I said, there's an affair between Croc and a woman that's never, it's kind but of... But it's not necessary. It isn't, but... No, it's not necessarily like at all. Like I say, um, that's just something. It never delves... Because the thing is, that didn't impact the story We never all. see the McDonald's brothers. We never see the McDonald brothers outside of them delivering lines to to this cock guy. We never see them just being themselves, really. We just see them being these two but dudes. But why do you need that? I don't understand. I don't know. It would have made it more interesting to me. Like... But how would that? I feel like there's no character development really. Of it's very okay. But in this, this is telling us a story of a thing that happened, 
character development other than letting us know very shorthand, this guy's a salesman and a shyster and he's highly ambitious and he's got this these character traits. These guys have these character traits. They want to have a good family restaurant. They're close with each other. They're kind of uptight. That's all you need to know. For the story to work, all you need to know is the the process that where McDonald's went from one chain, one little store, to covering the planet. You know, right. that's all we needed to know. So I just felt like functionality, if you had styled it up and made it all stylish and weird and or whatever. Not just you weird, do. more like, like oh, for, yeah, for instance, the Coen brothers were interested in this movie originally. The thing about Talking Facebook story is that wasn't very accurate. No, it wasn't. Right. So that doesn't make it a good story because you're lying but about even shit. But even if it was accurate up a bunch of shit. and it was in that style or in a style, that's a fin- that David Fincher's style. This guy, um, John Lee Hancock, who also did The Blind Side, which is also a very vanilla, yep. t- almost feels like a TV movie to me. Um, this is his, it's kind of his trademark. It's a very... But it's not a negative to me. It just tells you a story. I don't need flash and I bullshit to give in, me a story. Not flash. Just a bit something a bit deeper than a very surface, quick telling of a story with less, with little detail. Yeah, but give me an example of what you'd add then, if you've got it in I, your head. I don't know. I like detail. Like, like what? Like the movie Zodiac by David Fincher again. It's like full of detail about that particular thing. Like full of detail. Like there's so much to absorb. I understand that, but why do you need that to understand the story of McDonald's? I'm saying there's there are different ways you could make this movie. Uh stylistically. Right, if you make it stylistically, then you're making a flashy movie that makes you sit there and dig around. This is literally just wants to tell you. Yeah, I'm saying that that is the thing that to me I don't like as much. (laughs) It doesn't satisfy me as much. I like the performances in this, mostly. But um, <laughs> who don't you like? I'll go into that at the cast. But I feel like it, it, it's like skimming the surface of a story. Like, like I want to read the book. Maybe that's the point. <laughs> like I want to, I want the detail part of this, not just the, you know, glossed over. This is the main points of this. Cliff Notes hmm. version of the McDonald's. It's not the Cliff Notes version. I think that's unfair, but okay. So what did you think of this? I think that it told this story that I would want to hear, that I would want to see and understand and feel like I'm not being sold or being spoon-fed some, like, cool, stylized, I want to, we're going to put some smoke and mirrors in here because actually the story we're telling you is kind of dull, so we're going to flash it up. That would not impress me. It never does. Because then when I find out later that half of what you told me was bullshit, all the flash doesn't matter. It may have made an interesting movie experience, but you're telling me a real story here. If this was a fictional story about a fictional restaurant chain and they wanted to add all kinds of stuff, that'd be fine. But I like it the way it is because it, I could see it happening in life. I could see him trotting around the whole Midwest with his mixer. Why are you making that face? A, um, EMT just pulled up on the side. In our driveway? No, over there. Oh, on the street behind us? Yeah. Oh, dear. With its lights. Well. It's reversing. I'll be honest. I've just, uh, I just had that three The lady right across from us, like outside our house. Oh, goodness. Well, we'll let you know next week what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
No, I like the way it was told. I like it because I could see it happening. I could understand it. I don't want, you know, something too overly dramatic or twisted and turned and directoried up and all that shit. I want to be able to feel like, oh, I could imagine this happening. I can imagine this guy in that time. He's a salesman, a shyster. He wants the next big score always. You can tell he's a big, you know, what's the next yeah, big yeah, thing. I, and it happened in a very natural way. He's slugging his shit. It's not selling. And then something sparks in his eye. And it can't be fast and weird and shiny. It has to be what it is. And so I really liked it the way it does. I agree with some of the performances a little bit. I didn't like that guy that you said from the office. Ugh, it's really boring. But everybody else is good. It, um... There, there are just some things about, to me, yes, it tells a story. I don't remember the score very much. I don't remember, like... Not necessary. The, I don't, there was music in this movie, obviously. I don't really remember it. It doesn't stick in my mind at all. Um, it looks good. I think the sets are really good. They actually Very good. They actually built McDonald's original restaurants in empty parking lots in America. They built, like, five of them to film different parts of the movie in. And they're those old-school... You know, fifties-looking McDonald's <laughs> restaurants—they're cool. That's you've never you, seen before. I wish they were like that now. Like they look way better than the ones now. Where it's just now they don't build them. You know, they just move into other places a lot. No, no, they build a lot of new McDonald's. Or they go in a mall. Or they go in a Walmart. No, they build a lot of new ones. But they, they don't look. They also tear down ones and rebuild a new one in its place. They don't look like these ones in this movie. Some do. It says there's one in the whole world that looks anything like this. Well, the this. original, no. Yeah. But with the one single arches on the ends, yeah, there are a few of those, I think. But uh, all the modern day ones, I don't think, look any on a, a patch on these. I would make Probably some of too expensive. Like these retro versions of it. Like, you know. Yeah, but you're not going there for the I retro. Bet you, I bet there's yeah. one in Disneyland or somewhere. Oh, it'd have Mickey Mouse on top. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it might. they might ke- yeah. keep the uh, retro idea. But... um. Yeah, the sets look good, and the, you know, it's very, there's nothing, there's no, it's straight up. You know, when I just said the other movie that this guy made, The Blind Side, that is, is the same. It's the same style. It is, uh, there's nothing fancy. There's nothing, it's just very static cameras, and it's, uh, that's why I say it feels like a TV movie. <laughs> I do like the uh, story, though. I like I didn't know nothing about this story. I didn't even know the McDonald brothers founded McDonald's. I didn't, I, I'd never even delved into it at all. So there are these two brothers. They come up with the idea. It's not even a, a burger restaurant, is it, at the beginning? It's a barbecue place. Well, very, we didn't ever see that. They just told us their story. Right. For 30 years, they worked to get to this point where they had a burger shop, with just burgers, fries, and drinks, and that was it, and milkshakes. And then, that uh, was it. And then I liked in the movie how the. Michael Keaton plays this Ray Kroc guy. I liked how he comes to see the restaurant and he pulls up and he's never seen anything like it because before that, they always wait waitress service to your car. And this was like, you walk up to the window and they give you the food and you just, and he even says to them like, where, where am I supposed to eat this? Cause there's nowhere to sit. Like it's not a restaurant restaurant. And it's like that idea of like, no, this is how it's going to be. You buy your food in this paper and go and eat it wherever you want. In the car, in the park. I like the idea of like So that. we don't have to pay for your dishes and we don't have to pay for doing di- anything. You and just, then it all sparked yeah. in his head like, oh, yeah. this is money, isn't it? Like, that's what money. he thought. This, this is, is just money. That, that was the whole idea for him, wasn't it? Like, it's, it was like, this is how to make money. You don't have to wait. 
you get good food, the burger is good and everything. And then he goes off and starts franchising these things out. Now, it portrays it in the movie, like the McDonald brothers, they've got their restaurant, the original one, and they let him go and do the franchising. And he's opening them up all over the place, like, you know, quite quickly. And they're just getting money for it. And they're just sat. He's doing all the work, right? I mean, it really shows you in this that he's busting his ass to make this happen. And it shows you these two guys just complaining, basically, about him. Oh, that guy. And I guess he's hard to deal with. It doesn't really show you that a lot in this movie. It doesn't show you a lot of confrontation with him. No, but you get the vibe. I feel like it was always hard to deal with. I didn't need to see the confrontations, yeah. Like, and he is getting more and more aggravated because everything he asks for they say no because he'll say for instance we've we've found this um powdered milkshake that one is quick to make two you don't need a freezer to keep your ice cream in and three it's cheaper than your, what you're doing it's a win-win all around it tastes exactly the same as your thing and they're like no and the mcdonald guy said it's called a milkshake yeah it's we not can't have a milkshake powder. without any milk in it <laughs> Right. And he hung up. So that's their idea. That's their um, attitude all the time. Like, we're uh, we're established. We do this traditional thing. All this technology and all this new thing is not what we do. So he's never going to get a yes answer from them. And it's this. He's fighting with them, basically, isn't he, all the time? And I don't want to spoil the end, but how it... The all. end is McDonald's is everywhere and his name is on the plaque that says founder. It is. And how it all That's plays really out is kind of like greed and ruthlessness you know of business. I don't even know if he's greedy. I said he's like the guy from There he's Will Be Blood. Like, yeah. He's driven to have everything but not not like if I decided, okay, right now before before I'm 60, I want to make a million dollars because then I want to do whatever I want in life. I want to make one million dollars. So my goal is very tied to that amount. I know what I want to do with it. I want to be able to have a home and security and da, 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 all that, right? So I'm set for that. Or anything, a, a secure future, a secure retirement, buy my home so I can enjoy my home, so I can live in my home, so I can have a movie room, so I can have a garden, so I can have all these things. He's not that type. It didn't no. seem like, I don't know, from what they told us. It was just go, 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 go. And to know that he was piling up the money or piling up this. He loved it when people patted him on the back for the whole thing. And then he, there was a point in this movie in the middle, I, th- I felt, where he kind of turned into a bad guy. Yes. Like, yeah. It was a, a distinct across. point, wasn't it? Like where he, he was like, I'm working with these brothers. We're doing this. And then it's like, hold on a second. I'm doing this. Yeah. Fuck these guys. I've got this new... <laughs> He, he meets this guy, and this guy tells him, you're doing it all wrong, here's a new plan for this, and it will not involve the brothers as much, and you'll make money, and you won't have to ask them all the time for their permission. And he starts to do that, and then when he starts to do that, and that is actually taking off for him, you can see the point where he's just like, this is my business now, yeah, not theirs. <laughs> and I'm actually not going to follow right. the rules, I don't care what it takes. And that's where it has a bit of a, uh, a movie I'm recommending this week, The Wolf of Wall Street. It has this... The, the guy in The Wolf of Wall Street, also a real-life guy, he's just got this razor focus on doing one thing, and that is he'll step on everybody and do whatever to get there. And, and there's a point in this movie where you see him. And I think sometimes with those people in real life, it's not the thing they're acquiring, but the process of getting there that no, they're getting off like, on. Yeah, yeah, that thing of, like, 
the climb. And at the top, there is no top. There is no, I've achieved. No. There is just this constant climb. So like when his wife I think they portrayed him, that well. Yeah. In, in this movie, his wife says to him, when's there going to be an end to this? No, she said, when is enough enough? And he said, never. Yeah, so that's the same as like the Wolf of Wall Street guy. Yeah. He, he, making a million dollars. Now we've got to make two million. Now we've got to make 50 million. Now we, there is no end. Correct. Until cocaine kills him or whatever. <laughs> but uh, in this uh, movie, this guy doesn't portray him as portrays him as a little sleazy. I think and there's a bit where he's yep. like with his with yep. this guy's wife. I agree. And um, you can see him in that scene actually when he when he meets those people in that scene and he's trying. He's they're interested in a franchise. They're interested in it more than he is interested in selling it to them. They're actually interested in it. They want it. And uh, you can see him being a bit sleazy, and you can also see that he's starting to enjoy people knowing who he is, like, yeah. at that point. Because he's sat at that table. He's tired of selling. Right. He but, wants people to start buying. And, and they are. They're coming him to him. Yeah, like, yeah. So, and he's starting to become the man. And he's enjoying it. And then he asks for a divorce, and that that's was when he changes <gasps> his thing. You gasp when he did yeah. that. I'll just little spoiler her. They're sitting having dinner. They've had an uptight relationship. From she's, not tell. she's not into it. I mean, she does what you would do when you kind of think your husband's not really, he's not really. I mean, he's stuff. checked out of everything with her. He's checked he? out of everything. And she still, she keeps saying, you know, I've got some people who might be interested. And she's stuck with him, obviously, through all these other harebrained schemes. And then they're sitting there eating dinner quietly, miserably. And yeah. he says, I want a divorce. And that's it. Now, I don't know if that's real. Yeah, that's how it was that's really delivered. That, but it felt like it might have been. <laughs> yeah, because he is a no-nonsense kind of guy. Yeah. Right? I think he... Like, how else am I going to approach I'm done with this drink. now, so I have to finish this like I do. Like, I have to get rid of these McDonald's brothers because they're annoying. Correct. I just need to get... Correct. Nix them out. So, yeah, it's a ruthless story of business. It, um, it's a ruthless story of a person who wants something. Yeah. Business doesn't have to be that way, I don't think, but... And I think what makes this movie work overall, for me, is because you know what McDonald's is. It already exists and yeah, it's this juggernaut of things. Of You know, there isn't a person on the world who's never seen that arch. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe for, some tribe. hard stretch. But even, but <laughs> yeah, somebody's seen it in a magazine or yeah. something. So it is, like Pepsi, it is an iconic thing that you've... You know, everybody's grew up with it on this earth. <laughs> so we know what it is. We know that it's um, capitalist, greedy, huge. I've, there's a bit in this movie as well where he tries to sell the McDonald's brothers on when we're doing this franchise. Why don't we work with Pepsi? We can have it in our Coke, uh, Coke sorry, and we can have it in our stores. And then we'll just put a little advertisement on the menu. And they're like, we're not into capitalism. No, so we and we're not yeah. into commercialism. <laughs> Which is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Because knowing what you know about I can about. probably buy a pair of prescription glasses now. They have McDonald's on them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, they have gift stores and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's a really good story. And knowing what McDonald's is, it, it adds a load of weight to the thing. Because you, you know how it ends. Um, you well, don't... you know the continuation. Yeah, and... Seen. We live in a town with only tens of thousands of people, like 50,000, 60,000 people. And I think we have five or seven McDonald's. Now, that sounds like a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Not to mention all the other franchises. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, you know. One could argue that he probably also set a model to jumpstart the franchise thing. I don't know that for a fact, but what else was being franchised on that? No, it was a newish thing. Although there were, like you said, Burger Kings, Berry Queen, things like that already. I don't know the scope or the package of efficiency that they were trying to put together. I mean, the brothers themselves in this movie had tried to franchise it themselves. They, They opened up five different ones in different places, and it wasn't working for them. The only reason it wasn't working for them was because they were so strict and they were so... Yeah, and they weren't there to control it. And, yeah, and it was the quality was not up to standard in certain places. And this guy, you could say, this founder guy, he did open one. You see him open this franchise and it's kind of shitty. Like, it's not being run properly. And he steps in quickly and makes sure it isn't like it is. Everything they said they don't want, they don't want... Yeah. Teenagers hanging around outside. No, that wasn't it. his. That was someone else's. That wasn't his at all. His no, was I, perfect. The no, one that he well, no, I know. Was perfect. I know what it is. I'm saying that it's not his, but it was uh, McDonald's, right? Right. It was one of his cronies from the golf yeah, club. That's what I'm saying. They opened them. They just wanted to make money. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying that he um he saw that it was being run shittily and then told them. Like, I don't know if he took it. You see, again, this movie doesn't really yeah. fill in those details. I was like, did he. Disim- dis- is it disenfranchise or whatever you do? Do you take it off them if they're not running it properly? Can you do that? Yeah, you take away their anything that they don't li- live up to whatever contract or whatever. Right. I, mean, so, I don't know the details, but... No. So, um, yeah, I did like this movie in that way. Like I say, uh, I just like a movie with a little, little bit more style. And like you say, this might not need that. No, and I, I don't agree think so. also. But um, it just felt a bit plain. It needed a bit more ketchup and mustard. <laughs> oh, without the pickles. Yeah. So uh, the cast, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, the guy, you know, the main guy. Uh, really good. Yeah. Michael Keaton impressed. can really do it, can he? Can he can come and go. He can do it and he cannot do it. Yeah, well, in this, he was in it to me. Um, Don't he, forget, he was in Birdman just a couple years ago. He was good in that. It yeah. just wasn't a movie I liked. Um, but yeah, I, I agree he was good in that. Um, but he was good in this too. It was like, um, I wasn't thinking of Michael Keaton, really. Yeah, exactly. I was just thinking of this kind of like. There was one point where he stood dude. at the end of a table and he was giving some kind of a talk and he had his hands out and it kind of wobbled. He said, I'm like, oh, there's Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> just ever so slightly. I said, that's if Beetlejuice got tired of being dead, turned into an old man, and started selling shit. That's Beetlejuice. It is a good performance by him, I have to say. Nick Offerman play Nick Offerman and John Carroll Lynch. You'll you'll know both of them, the character actors that you've seen in other stuff. Play Dick and Mac McDonald. Both of them excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very I like good. The, I like the bald guy a lot. Like yeah. I, I've, I've seen him in other things. Um, I was thinking what he was in. We've seen him in. Oh, yeah. he's in. He might have been in a Hello High Water. I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't think so. Um, but they're both good. Everybody's good to me. The well, main, like I say, the main the people. Yeah. Linda Cardinelli plays Joan Smith. She's like the uh, wife of this guy. And, uh, well, franchisee, who yeah. he commandeers the wife, commandeers and he commandeers the, the whole... <laughs> Again, she's good, but the, she's not really in it a lot. Could have been anybody. Yeah. BJ Novak, who you'll know from The Office, plays Harry J. Somebody. I thought he was really stiff and wooden and crappy. I'm thinking that... He, I was just thinking that was that kind of character. Like, that character would be like... He was just about... No, but he actually wasn't even... He was just... Ugh. You know what he was, though? I didn't mind him as an actor or anything, but the actual writing of him, he was just a telegraph. Like, he yeah. was just like, 
I'm an expert on this thing, and you, the audience, need to know what it is. So he yeah, just... but he's not made up or anything. He's real. No, I know, but everything he was saying in the script was like, this is how this works, and blah, 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 and this is a... But we do need that. Buy land and do that. Yeah, but he didn't have anything else apart true, from that. True, that true, was all he had. Uh, Laura Dern plays Ethel Croc, his she wife. She seemed really miserable all the time. Which... But I don't know if it's because she just wanted to be the suffering martyr wife who had a husband who was never home, and who's a little bit of a harebrained scheme kind of a guy. She or knew, she just like that? She knew his shit. I li- I, what I liked about her was when she he came in She stuck through him day. all these years, because he's 52 or whatever, 50 yeah. years old by now. She stuck through him all these years, apparently. They've got a nice, nice house, middle class house, looks fine, in Illinois. And still he's moving on to the next thing. Well, it, what I liked is when he came in that night from work, he's selling these uh, ice cream um, yeah. maker, uh, milkshake makers. And he comes in and he goes, I've seen this thing today. And it, you can see the enthusiasm and spark. He's seen McDonald's, basically. And she's like, you okay. can see on her face. She said, here we go. Here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, that's all you're going to talk about and be into. And I am gone yeah. again. And like, then there'll be another one. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how she knows his shit. And then there's a point in it where they go for a meal at a golf club. And she actually gets behind him again, like, and holds his hand, and she's introducing him to some people. But she's really good, Lord Darn, because you you can feel the thing of that wife in that moment to maintain this life that we have. She likes going to the country club for dinner, so, but not all garishly. But that's part of that's how life should be, right? To maintain that, I'm going to turn this on too. Like, okay, give him a chance. But you can tell on her face. She would. He, she's embarrassed that he's doing this again because he's probably done this to all to them. Because he is trying like, to get money from, and him he's literally time. like a robot. Yeah, he starts going. It's like you turn the key. He listens to those. Going. Oh my god, I hate motivational stuff. I may mean, do. I think it's lame that you would have to listen to a thing. This, that was a this, real thing too. This from a, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. This from a person who likes TED talks, but these things where it sits and goes, you know, like success. Be the best. Be is in your hands. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of. Genius losers in the world, but you need to be persistent. And persistence, persistence, persistence. And you, he's standing in front of the mirror, and it's like, like he's being brainwashed with this thing. I just don't like that. And that seems like that was part of his the food that was going into his brain. Another um, similarity to Wolf of Wall Street. He has that where he he listens to that thing, and he stands in the mirror and looks at himself, and it's like. I am putting on the act today, and now I am going out there to do this. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with like you need to be, you know, talk. I'm not ambitious, and so it would never occur to me. I have nothing to climb, nothing to gain. I have no, I'm not lacking anything. When I, if I want something, I get it. I don't have very high, high aspirations for things and stuff Maybe and you money. Maybe need to listen to more of those tapes. That would demotivate me. That makes me go, ooh, I don't want to be like that. I'll just live in a shack in the dirt. You know what I mean? Like, it just does, it isn't, it doesn't click with my personality. I don't feel I need to prove anything to anyone. I don't need to feel loved. I don't need to feel like or that kind of loved, you know, like accolades and like, ooh, look what she's done. I don't have any of that. So, in every direction I look, I don't, there's nothing for me to climb to prove anything. I'm just, so when I see people like this who do exist, obviously, because that's what, how it happened, um, I don't know. I don't identify with it, but I'm, I'm intrigued by it. And finally, Patrick Wilson as Rolly Smith. Patrick Wilson, you'll know from Fargo, actually. Um, he was good. 
in Fargo. Very, brief- in this, yeah. very briefly in this one. Um, so, yeah. I liked, I did like him, though. He had some subtle, um, oh, shit's going on here, isn't it? Something's yeah. going on. Like, okay. <laughs> and he looked kind With of... He's the guy whose wife buggered yeah, up on him. Like, he could see what was going on. Um, so, this is by John Lee Hancock. That's a cool name, by the way. Directed The Blind Side. He also directed the remake of The Alamo, which I actually quite liked with uh, Billy Bob. You did. He directed Saving Mr. Banks, which I did not see. Tom Hanks. And A Perfect World, he wrote, which is an awesome movie, by the way. Um, Kevin Costner, Perfect World from many years yeah. ago. Um, he wrote that one. Um, so, yeah, like I've said everything about John Lee Hancock, I can say. You have. He feels very... Functional. Functional. If you want your movie functional... This is the guy to go to. He sounds so dismissive, like it's bad. It's not bad. It's good. It's quality. Not bad. But maybe not my cup of tea director, 100%. Right? Mm. So extras on this Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit poor. The short list. It's got a press conference that lasts 37 minutes. And uh, some behind-the-scene gallery, which is just still pictures. Uh, I hate those press conferences. I, know, it's I think really it's the boring. worst extra to put on a Blu-ray. I, I know people like them, but if you want to watch those, you can literally go on YouTube and see thousands of them for anything you want. Any movie that is out, go on YouTube and type in press conference, and there'll be one for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I prefer a making of documentary or Definitely. something. And this, or even individual interviews. This in particular being a real life thing, there could have been a documentary. There could have been a commentary. Something. To, to make it more... You know, I wanted to see the true story a bit. And not the dramatized version, you know? I guess there's so much information out there about it, and the books have been written about it, you might as well just go look that up. True, but, I mean, they really skimped on the extras there. No commentary. I always like to listen to a commentary. But, uh, no. Nothing. Apart from this. If you like a press conference, the last 37 minutes. Uh, it's cool that Jeremy Renner was in the press conference. Jeremy Renner is the producer of this film. One of the producers. Yeah, executive producer. Um, but it sounded like it was a whole lot to do with him, the idea. And, you know, getting it made. So, yeah, he's there in this press conference. Um, so, in conclusion, what do you think of The Founder? I enjoyed it. I liked the... So, I liked the style of it. And I feel like I have enough information there to sort of piece together if it the real side of it. And I have no complaints, really, except for that BJ Novak guy. I just thought he was really boring and... It is an interesting story, good subject matter. I think anybody can like relate to like a McDonald's in some way. You will definitely feel hungry after you've watched it, even if you don't eat meat like me and you. I still <laughs> yeah. wanted some. I wanted a bun. I was but looking at what, the buns going. Guess what okay. we did? I was baking a tofurkey roast, which he is was based on tofu, and yeah. it was really delicious. Is that made by McDonald's? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and it, maybe it's not tofu after all. Who knows? Yeah, so, um, yeah, in conclusion, yeah, I recommend it. It's uh, definitely a fun, you know, it's not too heavy. Correct. It doesn't, it's it's quite light-hearted. It's a PG-13. Uh, it it's has like one, a salad instead of a steak. It has one F word. True. And it's, used, it's like, you know, if you've ever watched Armageddon, they have one F word. <laughs> and the F word in this is used very well. It's, it's makes sense where it is. Uh, it's not just gratuitous F word. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, The Founder. You can pick that up today. It's from our friends at Anchor Bay and the Weinstein Company. If you want to enter a contest, you can win a movie called Punching Henry. Go to uh, aschoolie.com and you can win the Blu-ray. So uh, next week's Blu-ray is uh, Gold, starring Matthew McConaughey. You know how much I like Matthew McConaughey, so I'm sure that'll be 
um, an interesting watch. So uh, movie recommendations. I'm going on the, the Founder, which we watched today. I'll recommend you two movies. First one is Super Size Me with uh, mm-hmm. Morgan Spurlock. The other McDonald's movie, I would call it. Um, I don't know how well it would hold up, but it was a really fun documentary to watch at the time, I thought. Yeah, but knowing him now, he's such a fucking hype master. I don't, he is, but, I don't like him. Yeah, but you didn't know anything at that I know, time. but watching it again would make me remind me he's just trying to get a bunch of fucking attention and he's dramatizing everything like so hyperbolically. I'm not doubting the results. I'm just saying he didn't do it in a way that's actually anything other than exploitive, kind of in a weird way. And so. It's a good documentary. I'm not doubting his message. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's good. It's not really that good. It's all about him. And I then just, all the details, and you have to go. You have to go look it up. And now I, did, I would question his results because I think he tries to exaggerate things really bad. I did find it fascinating at the time. I remember. And uh, the, sec- yeah. the second movie uh, I will recommend is The Wolf of Wall Street, which a uh, true life story. It doesn't feel like a true life story when you're watching it. It's so bizarre, and like things that happen in that movie are crazy. But again, the book of that guy, uh, he did all that stuff. So. Supersize Me and Wolf of Wall Street. My recommendations, is that what you're saying? I'm going back to 1987, 30 years ago. I'm just going in order of when movies were released. This They may not have been released this week, but I just got a list and I'm picking two a week. And this week are two pretty different movies. One is Who's That Girl? Starring Madonna and Patricia Arquette, I, I believe. Don't even think I saw it. Well, you weren't missing much. Uh, it's quite the <laughs> romp. <laughs> it's not good. I loved it at the time, of course. It was on HBO like 500 times, so I probably watched it many, many, many times. Was it kind of like the Spice Girls movie? Just like fluff? Um, like- very fluff. Very, and kind of weird and, you know. And uh, No Way Out, which was Kevin Costner, Gene Hackman, you know, the dead girl and the glimousine. And- I don't remember it. All right. It was good. Uh, it was pretty good. I probably wouldn't stand up now, but... So those are my recommendations. Nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. All right, games and a Scully stuff. I've been playing a new game this week called Little Nightmares. It's a uh, it's out on the Xbox One. No, it isn't out on the Xbox One. It's out on the <laughs> PlayStation 4 and the PC. Um, I've been playing the PC version. Uh, I played a game called Inside and a game called Limbo. And it is a... It's, all, it's not made by the people who made those, but it's like a spiritual successor to that. You're a little person walking to the right of the screen all the time. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of 3D, but it's 2D at the same time. It's like It feels like a platformer. But there's a story going on that is, this one in particular, is quite grim and gruesome feeling. Like it feels it dirty and weird. Like, <laughs> um, And... I don't want to spoil what it is, but what what I really like about it is the animation and the lighting and the actual visual style of the game is kind of unlike anything I've seen. It feels like you're watching a claymation, um, or not claymation, stop motion. But not. But not. Like the perfectly smooth, smooth yeah. beautiful. But it's got that feel of like... A, a film, like it feels like a mm-hmm, definitely. film. Yeah, like there's something about the camera angles and the there's grain on the screen, and it just feels dingy. And it's like 
the character that you're controlling is a little boy or a little girl. We're not sure. She's wearing like a, a mat. Yeah, something. There's a secret under there. Yeah, that's why we're not seeing the character. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the movements, the animation, when it falls over or it like reaches up to grab something, there's extra frames of animation that other games don't seem to have. So it all feels very fluid. Um, and the story seems really interesting. I'm dying to know what is actually going on. Are, are you? To to actually know the... Because obviously something's going on, right? I mean, it's kind of... Are you going to play it tonight so we can see? I want to see what... I, wanna, <laughs> I really want to see How long what, is it? I think it's the whole game's two hours. Oh, right. It's a pretty short experience. I'd be interested to know. There's a lot of games like this where they're a short experience. Limbo was, and so was Inside, but they were just long enough where it, you don't grow... Because, to be honest, the mechanics of the game, it's pretty simple. Very small puzzles that you have to solve from get to one room to another. Pull a switch, walk through a door, time a jump. It's pick nothing up, too Pick com- up a thing. Yeah, it's thing. not very complicated. Yeah. Find a key, put it in a lock. Um... None of it's complicated, but it's uh, Little Nightmares. And that is all. I've been playing Overwatch this week, but I've talked about that hundreds of times. What is Sven Gulli? Sven Gulli is a horror host. And what is the movie this weekend? Well, tonight is The Monsters. It's go to England or something? Monster Go Home, it's called. Monster Go Home. And they go to Britain. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they go to Britain. The thing is, The Monsters pretty much 100% encapsulates... The Svenguli vibe. Yeah, it does. And Abbott and Costello also. Uh, not to me. The Munsters more because they're really dressed up in like the over-the-top it's fake funny. horror outfits. You know, you've got the vampire lady and the Frankenstein guy and the... So, I'm, I'm fun. it's fun. It's Even fun. British people know the Munsters. It used to be on the... Even yeah. British people. The Adams Family and the Munsters <laughs> both. What do you have to, to match it? Nothing. Either one of those. Those were on. No, no. You have nothing. No. We have <laughs> you got talk, nothing. Talk to who you got Monty Python <laughs> as your trump card. <laughs> For comedy, you mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is... We got Dad's arm. <laughs> <laughs> that was not funny to me, but, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Fanguli, it's on tonight. Monsters... Monster. Monster. Go home. Monsters go home. So, what's for dinner? Tonight is the tofurkey roast, what's left of it, some quinoa, and it's got brown rice in it, and uh, some peas. People might wonder why we're telling them why. Well, because when we... Uh, Are they all invited for dinner? Is that... If, you, if they want to go. That's, the, that's what's on the Tonight menu. The- <laughs> Only four ninety nine a plate. <laughs> uh, veggie delight. Uh, because we uh, stopped eating meat in 2008, so we're looking at almost 10 years here. We're on nine years. Yes, we are. Yeah. And I don't know. And we legitimately reason, have not ate meat. We ex- we explore all kinds of weird things and find things and I'll buy anything to try at once. And we've tried all kinds of stuff. And just to say, you know, to the world, you don't have... Trust me, I have a big fat butt. You do not get like... You don't turn into a skinny hippie just because you stop eating meat. That isn't how it works. Because you know what? Potatoes and bread are not meat. <laughs> I consume a lot of these things. A lot of calories... Doesn't mean there's got to be meats folded in there. So yeah, we just eat, um, explore things, and we found the tofurkey roast. Excellent, it's really good. It's just like any deli meat that you get. If you get a compressed turkey or a compressed ham or a compressed chicken, and then you have them slice it at the deli, it's all the bones been removed. It's all smashed together, and then they slice it, and it's kind of slimy, and 
kind of that sounds really moist. Cool. <laughs> it's like turkey spam, kind of. But more, I wouldn't say it that way. But at more all. chewy. It's not even like turkey spam. People hate spam. A lot of people. I hate love spam. spam when I. Eat. I did too, yeah. but I'm just saying people go ugh, gross. It's not like that at all. It's like deli chicken, mm. turkey. Mm. Yeah. Well, did you eat a lot of deli turkey? No. No. Right. So you don't know what I'm talking about. But that's what it's like, and it's got like a brown rice stuffing in the middle, which is amazing. And you don't like it don't as like much, it. but I, I love it. I could eat the whole brown rice. That's stuffing. fine because yeah. the quinoa has some brown rice in it. I like. And we'll have some, what else did I say? Peas and that's it. All right, so. Cornbread. Uh, I made homemade cornbread and it's really good. It's not not a thing I enjoy. It is not. I have tried it. And I do try everything. I'll eat the whole pan. This I is why I'm it. not a skinny vegetarian. All right, so <laughs> you, your advice has already been said at the beginning of the confront show. Confront it. Go back to the beginning if now, you want to. Confronting it doesn't know, it doesn't mean you can't have little diversions You can't have it way. twice. Go back because to the beginning. I've learned with my family hanging out for the first whole day after my father passed away is that my siblings like to drink and smoke a lot. Now, I drink. Not a lot anymore. I used to drink a lot. So, I drink a few beers during the day. It just seemed natural. I've been up 30 hours. uh, Confronting the emotion with the drinking and the stories and the thing. And my thing is food. So, now I'm like, I want some comfort food. That's why I wanted the roast and the cornbread and... I almost went to get mashed potatoes, but I'll skip over that part. But confront it. But if you need a drink in one hand and a donut in the other, just confront it with the carbs and the and the booze. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Let me remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidsaw.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Google Play Music Store, the iTunes Music Store, aschoolie.com slash podcast. Click on the word podcast. You can listen there. We've got 477 of these for you to listen to. All of them are there. You can uh, email feedback to me, aschoolyatasechoolyat.com. Don't email SidTalk. And I was going to say stay classy McDonald's, but I don't agree that that classy. I will say stay classy Mr. Michael Keaton. Pretty good job from you today. And I'm going to say think for yourself, everybody, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>